makes a positive difference in all our lives. Thank you for supporting this effort to keep Portland vital and engaged. Thank you for keeping Portland radical. And thank you for supporting KBOO. Thank you so much. Thank you for keeping KBOO fierce, vital, and independent, accountable to no one but you, the community. Thank you. Thanks for supporting KBOO. Thank you. Thank you so much for donating to KBOO's Kickstarter to help make a city of media makers. Thank you. KBOO Community Radio is a proud co-sponsor of PDX Short Docs, Sunday, March 18th at 7 p.m. at the Mission Theater in Portland. PDX Short Docs is a two-hour screening of Portland-related short documentaries produced by local independent filmmakers, including Mackenzie Blake, Outside the Frame, Sika Stanton, Donovan Smith, and more. The screening will be followed by an audience Q&A session. Again, that's the PDX Short Docs, Sunday, March 16th at 7 p.m. at the Mission Theater, 1624 Northwest Gleason Street in Portland. Minors allowed with parent or guardian. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. KBOO Portland. The purpose of this program is not to prescribe a treatment to individuals. Listeners should consult their healthcare practitioner before attempting any treatment. Hello and welcome to Health Watch. I'm Ellen Goldsmith, a licensed acupuncturist, your host the second Monday of every month. Today I will be speaking with Iman Maj, medical doctor, licensed acupuncturist. Dr. Maj is a family medicine physician pioneering the delivery of integrated medical services featuring acupuncture at the University of Washington Neighborhood Clinics in the Seattle area. We will be speaking with him about the use of acupuncture for pain and how it can be part of a pain treatment plan without the use of opiates. Dr. Maj completed his medical training at Tehran University of Medical Sciences and earned his Master of Science in Acupuncture at Bastyr University in Seattle and did his family medicine residency at the University of Washington. He is accredited by the National Certification Commission for Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine, the American Academy of Medical Acupuncture, and is a diplomat of the American Board of Integrative Holistic Medicine. He is active nationally and internationally, promoting the benefits of integrated healthcare approaches within a conventional model to benefit patients. He lectures nationally and internationally about integrated medicine approaches within the conventional medicine model and shares how he blends the Eastern medicine and Western medicine together for a fully integrated treatment. Dr. Iman Maj, welcome to HealthWatch. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, I'm so glad to be speaking with you today. And you have an interesting uh, path that I, I wondered if you might just share with your patients. You started out as a conventional medical doctor, and then you, I applaud you, you went back to school for four, for a number of years <laughs> to study Chinese medicine and acupuncture. So what motivated yeah, you to right. do that? Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting question. You know, sometimes I look back myself and say, why did I do that? But <laughs> I never remorse it. So it was a very interesting journey because... Um, when you go to medical school, medical school, you do the residency, your brain is so Western trained that uh, you pretty much do what you do and you know what you know. 
Uh, at that time, this was about 15 years ago, I had severe back pain. And I kind of knew what the problem is. We did an MRI. I think I can share a little bit with your audience. Uh, we did an MRI. I had some uh, degeneration in my lower back to the point that eventually they wanted to do operation. And I opted out. And at that point, somebody recommended acupuncture. And I was completely naive. I had no understanding of what acupuncture is. Just even the thought of uh, putting needles in my body was kind of a little bit <laughs> unresting for me. Uh, but I went through the treatment. And after four or five sessions, uh, it made a huge difference in the quality of my life, my pain management. And that was a turning point for me. Uh, I decided that if it works for me, it's going to work for my patients. So I decided to go back to school. I went to Bastyr University and got my master's degree in acupuncture. And since then, and since 2005, actually, I've been incorporating acupuncture into my Western practice. So, uh, yeah. Pro- so prior to that, were you, um, when you were treating your patients, you know, who suffered from pain, how did you approach it? And then how has that changed since you've become an acupuncturist? Uh, well, you know, as a Western trained doctor, you follow guidelines. We have a lot of guidelines that, you know, if it's acute pain, subacute pain, chronic pain, intensity of the pain, you know, you start from kind of first line, which is uh, anti-inflammatories, and then you kind of extend it. Eventually you go to narcotics. Um, so I think I was following that path uh, of prescribing medication and physical therapy. Uh, but to be honest uh, with you and your audience, uh, I wasn't comfortable prescribing these narcotics because you know that everything has an effect, has a side effect, and especially narcotics are heavy medications, heavy drugs. Uh, so I was always looking for an alternative. My alternative at that point was exercise and physical therapy, and luckily I got treated by acupuncture. So it really changed my practice. It opened this whole new door into my practice. And uh, now for my acute and subacute pain, my first line to go is acupuncture. Acupuncture, massage, hands-on, if needed, some anti-inflammatory. And I really try to shy away from uh, prescribing uh, narcotics as much as I can. Granted, there's a place for them. I totally understand it as a physician, but that would be my last resort. So that's fantastic because there's such a crisis right now with the use of opioids um, that have been prescribed for people, even for very simple procedures like going to get your wisdom teeth out or present in the ER with back pain or, you know, I don't know what to do with your pain. So here's some opioids. You know, this has kind of been going on for a long time. Um, And we've got a big crisis now. So I was uh, reading, and there's a, there was a 2015 study by Massachusetts General Hospital and Harvard University, and mm-hmm. with repeated acupuncture treatment, they say it, it, quote, may reduce or eliminate the need for opioids by restoring the balance in the connectivity of the key bra- pain brain regions, altering pain-related attention and memory. So talk to us a little bit about that. How can acupuncture be utilized and, and how does it work um, for our listeners who may not understand it? Sure. So to, uh, this question is actually a bit complicated. Uh, I do my best to make it very simple, uh, in a, put it in a simple way that we can all understand it. So uh, the first part is the fact that uh, acute pain, if it doesn't get managed properly, becomes subacute and subacute becomes chronic. And as pain moves from acute being chronic, it creates some changes in the brain. There are some good studies that have shown that in chronic pain patients, 
there are some changes in the prefrontal cortex activity. And what and does that mean? Yeah, and what does that mean for, for our listeners who may not know what the prefrontal cortex activity so controls? If you, if you look at the brain, you know, the area that's right behind the forehead, we call it a prefrontal. And those are the areas that the human uh, emotion and perceptions are kind of located in that area. And from the prefrontal cortex, we have some messages, we have some impulses that go to the other parts of the brain, and they control our emotions, they control our perception, including the perception, perception of pain. So if somebody's pain, acute pain, is not controlled properly and becomes chronic, this prefrontal cortex does not function properly in controlling and managing the pain. So any kind of stimulation could be perceived as intense pain in the patient. Mm. So this is something that the studies have shown. Mm. Now, as patients are more in pain, then it affects their sleep, it affects their mood, it affects their memory, it affects their functionality in the society, and eventually gets into this whole vicious cycle that has a lot of uh, effects on their life, personal and, <clears throat> and out of the community life. Now, if you try to restore this balance, if you try to kind of reactivate the prefrontal cortex uh, in a way that's more natural without needing to introduce more chemicals into the body, that would be the best option. So, and this is something that the studies have shown that acupuncture can do. There have been some studies uh, with functional um, MRI. A functional MRI is that uh, it's real-time MRI. So. Um, you do an intervention, like for example, for the case of acupuncture, you put needles in the body and at the same time, patients are getting MRI from their brain. Uh, we call it functional MRI. There are some uh, functional MRI studies that show that when you put the needles in the body and you stimulate those points, uh, there are some changes in the brain. So the whole idea that we had in the past that brain is uh, one solid mass and is not changed uh, that's not accurate anymore. We say that brain does have the ability to kind of reshape itself. Mm -hmm. And in order to reshape it, we use tools such as acupuncture. So now going back to answer your question, uh, when we do acupuncture repeatedly, we have noticed that the parts of the brain, including the precortex, becomes more active. It sends more messages to the other parts of the brain, and then it can modulate the perception of the pain. So people will be having less pain, or even if they have the same amount of stimulation, the perception of pain is less. So the intensity of the pain will go down. So hopefully they will be needing less medication, then they will be having a better quality of the life, they will be happier, they can contribute more, they can um, get in the community and be more physically active. And in that line, you, you know, when you have better sleep and you're rested more, then your memory gets improved and feels better. Now, something I wanted to tie into it uh, is the fact that, you know, there are parts of the body, like if you talk about the immune system and the function of the immune system on the brain. Mm -hmm. um, uh, again, there are a lot of good studies that when you do acupuncture repeatedly, uh, re by repeatedly, I mean like, eight to 12 sessions, uh, we have noticed that there's increased activity of the immune system. And when the immune system gets stronger and has better activity, then the function of the brain gets better. So the, the approach is holistic. It's one body, one system. You improve in one system, other parts of the body improve too. So um, 
I hope I answered your question. You I did. To, uh, bring a lot of different information at the same time yes. to answer this question. I think what's really interesting, you know, um, there is a, a, a natural response that many of us have when we have pain, which is like, I want it to go away now, which is, uh, which, you know, uh, probably has contributed to, you know, the, the power of opioids, opioid um, medication. And again, as an acupuncturist myself, I know it doesn't always work for people in pain. But um, this sense of, well, if acupuncture is so good at it, why doesn't it happen right away? You know, and this Mm -hmm. thing that you need repeated treatments um, actually to reduce the pain, but also, as you're saying, to increase the activity of the immune system and actually change how the brain functions in response to stress, essentially, right? Correct, correct. But uh, to kind of um, add into it, uh, we don't necessarily need to have repeated treatments because there are some hospitals, like in East Coast, you have some hospitals. In Europe, you have hospitals that they have incorporated acupuncture in the emergency room, in ER. So if patient comes in, uh, they perform acupuncture in ER for about 20 minutes, and they can do different styles. It could be uh, body acupuncture, it could be ear acupuncture, they can be stimulating the points with electroacupuncture, kind of like a TENS unit, but a deeper uh, um, effect in the body. And they have got very good results. So even the first session of acupuncture that's been performed in ER, they're getting very good results in respect to pain management and controlling the pain to the point that a lot of these patients didn't need to be on narcotics when they were discharged from the hospital. So uh, these are all the studies that are out there, and we rely on them, that acupuncture, even in the first session, uh, can make a huge difference in the management of pain. Right. So it, it kind of goes back, isn't it a part of the Hippocratic Oath, like, to do no harm? Is that part of that? or is Correct. Yeah. So it really yeah. is, like, the, the front line... Um, the front line of, of treating pain is how can we treat that pain with doing no harm, which the efficacy and efficiency of acupuncture has very low risk, correct? If you could tell our listeners about that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Now, something that's uh, needed to clarify here, again, uh, because, you know, as a physician, uh, I have to be kind of fair-minded from both sides. Uh, The fact that we say do no harm, uh, I personally don't think that uh, there is a place of um, criticizing our colleagues are physicians, and not that we are doing it now, but uh, they don't get enough training. They're not aware of other modalities that can be helpful. So this is the shortcoming of the educational system, and uh, that they don't expose our, uh, we don't expose our physicians into other modalities that can be helping in reducing the pain. Uh, so that's uh, the first part of it, and it's our job as educators, practitioners, to educate our colleagues. Um, but sorry, what was the question? I lost track of my thoughts. <laughs> I might have lost track of it too. Um, it was just, you know, the uh, the, the low risk um, for yes, the you know, risk of yeah. yes, the risk benefit. Yes. So the good example that I always give every, everybody is that if I prescribe 90, 90 pills of oxycodone, let's say my patient is taking three pills of oxycodone, five milligrams, uh, three times a day, the cost of that ninety pills of oxycodone for one month is much more than having eight sessions of acupuncture than average acupuncturist. Now, which one has more side effects? The side effects of acupuncture could be bruising, could be when the needle is going on, sometimes people feel a little bit of something, and then they feel good. 
the side effects of narcotics, we all know about it. It starts from constipation to dependency to all uh, to sleep disturbance, and sometimes the uh, hyperalgesia means that it actually increases the pain. And we have seen a lot of these cases. You put patients on um, narcotics, and they come back saying, "My pain is worse." And we keep adding it to this narcotics, but it's actually the other way. We should decrease the dose, not increase the dose. So mm. when we compare these two, to me, acupuncture is much safer, much cleaner, and most uh, effective, cost-effective compared to prescribed medication. So uh, again, uh, I personally do it, and I really, really encourage all my uh, physician uh, colleagues to um educate themselves, become familiar with these techniques, with acupuncture, and uh, try to incorporate acupuncture into their practice. Right, and not everyone has to incorporate it by uh, going back to school for a number of years to become an acupuncturist. They can learn to refer to the over, I think we have 28,000 licensed or registered acupuncturists by the national, um, the NCCAOM, which is the... the National Certification Commission for Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine in this country that actually you're quite involved with them in terms of um, making sure that that the um, that people the public receives safe um, safe treatment from um, certified acupuncturists correct yeah you're absolutely right so uh, NCCAOM, or National Certification Commission for Acupuncture Oriental Medicine, is the only organization that conducts the national board exam for acupuncturists. So all the students who go to acupuncture school, uh, accredited acupuncture schools, when they finish, they have to pass this board exam. And uh, I believe majority of the states now actually rely uh, on this board certificate uh, to provide licensure. So. Um, it's good that we have this national standard, and we do have um, a lot of uh, subject matter experts, uh, which we call them acupuncture, board-certified acupunctures in the field, and uh, that can definitely be helping uh, our physician colleagues um, in managing pain and controlling pain and collaborating together. Right. And, you know, I don't know how long the program was at Best Year, but I know that my program at the National University of Natural Medicine here in Portland was... Um, about 3,000 hours, so it's it's pretty uh, comprehensive, our training. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So this is something I uh, was hoping that at some point bring it up because when you go to acupuncture school, depending on the length of the program, uh, they're usually between three to five years, uh, you pretty much get about 3,000 hours of education, and out of the 3,000 hours, you have eight to 900 hours of supervised clinical training. So there's a huge difference uh, when you have 800 to 900 hours supervised clinical training versus like taking a weekend workshop and then say, okay, now I can stick needles in you. Uh, no, uh, if <laughs> I want to get treated, I, I'd rather get treated by somebody who I can trust, who I know that they have enough education. And this is something that I really need to emphasize that our board certified acupuncturists through NCCRM, they have all gone through this thousands of hours of training and they have been supervised sufficiently and they have a lot to offer uh, and we definitely have to collaborate with these uh, licensed acupuncturists. Absolutely. I want to move to, you know, population um, of our veterans who uh, really have a a high incidence, of course, of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, and also opioid uh, dependency because of, you know, really serious injuries sustained during uh, fighting and coming back here. And 
in uh, 2012, there was an article in the Journal of American Medicine that concluded that veterans of Iraq and Afghanistan with mental health diagnoses, including PTSD, were especially likely to receive opioids for pain, even though that population is also at the highest risk for abusing those drugs. So I just wondered if you could talk about, you know, how this is changing. I know that uh, veterans now have access to acupuncture through the VA. Yes, yes, and that was an absolute great move that uh, they just published it actually January 2018. So uh, as you mentioned, you know, our veterans, unfortunately, they have a higher susceptibility of um, being prescribed narcotics or abusing narcotics. And not that they want to abuse narcotics, but, you know, they get prescribed and then before you know it, they're addicted and they're dependent on the narcotics for all the different injuries that they have sustained. And then PTSD on top of it, and PTSD, you know, has psycho-emotional, a disturbing of the sleep, and then they become more sensitive, and there's some pain element of the PTSD. So uh, wrapping everything together, our veterans, unfortunately, they have higher chance of uh, needing some controlled substances to deal with their issues, which is not the right thing, it's not the right way. Uh, now, there was a very good study coming from England. I was looking at it, uh, I believe it was last year, but the study was published like three, four years ago. Uh, they did a study on PTSD cases, and they noticed that um, uh, patients with PTSD, after about 10 to 12 sessions of um, acupuncture, one acupuncture session per week, uh, they needed less medication, their sleep improved, and their tolerance to stimulation uh, was increased. So the increase in the tolerance of this stimulation gets translated into having less pain, so needing less pain medication. So the study is out there, and it actually shows that acupuncture is definitely helping with PTSD. Now, for our veterans here, uh, we are very fortunate that our, our VA system has been incorporating acupuncture as one of the services for our veterans. And just recently, in January 2018, as I mentioned, they actually promoted uh, the acupuncturist to GS9 to 12, depending on the level of the education of the acupuncturist. So what it means now, it means that acupuncturists can function independently in the VA system. They don't need to be supervised. They don't need to be sponsored. That a physician needs to supervise them. Uh, they're independent licensed practitioners, and they can um, practice independently. Uh, one requirement here that uh, VA has put forward, which I personally really like, is that uh, if an acupuncturist wants to work in the VA system, they have to be NCCM board certified. Um, so I'm personally very pleased uh, that we're providing uh, this uh, service to our veterans. I have seen good studies that it's effective, and I really, really hope that we can expand it to the point that in each VA hospital we can have as many acupunctures as we can uh, to help our veterans. So so the, it's available, but it's not in every VA hospital? Or like if a, a veteran was listening to the show today, you know, what would they do? How would they find out if they how they could receive some treatment? Do they need to be prescribed by a medical doctor at the VA? Can they just directly ask for acupuncture? Um, Correct. So they can directly ask for acupuncture uh, when they go in. Uh, a lot of uh, VA services, they have started having the integrative medicine uh, facilities. So they try to bring like mind, body, yoga, massage, acupuncture. So if uh, that VA facility does have an integrated uh, facility, they usually provide acupuncture. If not, 
they can talk to their physician, to their primary care, and uh, find out. Uh, at this point, uh, I am not quite sure that every single of the VA facilities is providing acupuncture services. Uh, hopefully, they will pretty soon. Um, but even if uh, they're not providing, uh, they can ask for a referral and uh, collaborate with an acupuncturist outside of the VA system. Well, that's fantastic. So being that you're, you know, you're in both worlds, uh, it's kind of a unique position, what is your hope for the medical system and the treatment of pain from an integrative perspective? Excellent, excellent question. <laughs> uh, my hope is to start with, uh, first of all, we start very soon. If somebody's in pain, let's start very soon. Uh, don't let the pain become subacute and chronic. And let's start with non-invasive. Non-invasive, then we can talk about the passive versus active therapy. Passive therapy is like acupuncture, massage, chiropractor, and active therapy is like physical therapy. And uh, we can mix them all together. There is no contraindication that we cannot use them all together. There is no reason not to use them together. Uh, again, because I do acupuncture, I have great results with acupuncture. That would be my first line. I would like to see that all conventional medical system, all uh, as we call them, allopathic medical system and hospitals provide acupuncture as a direct line, as the first line for pain management, and um, incorporate acupunctures in their services and hire acupuncture directly into the system for inpatient and outpatient. So that's my goal, and that's my dream, actually. <laughs> that's a good dream for the benefit of yeah. all, huh? <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. So, it, you know, for our people out there, and I'm sure there are listeners out there who you know, are either having some kind of I slept on my neck wrong type of pain or may have been suffering with pain for a long time and just putting up with it. What's What What do you recommend besides finding an acupuncturist, but just how to approach dealing with pain as a patient? You know, what, what can people mm -hmm. do? Uh, a good point. You know, sometimes people uh, kind of try to live with the pain and say, well, you know, it's my muscle, it's the ache or it's uh, whatever it is at this point. So they... Uh, underestimated and it becomes chronic and the treatment gets a bit uh, more challenging. Um, knowing that acupuncturists have sufficient training and that they can evaluate the patient and make the right decision is very important. Uh, again, uh, you definitely, if I were the patient, I would uh, wake up and my neck is kind of twisted, it's painful, and I feel some tension. Um, I would not necessarily seek like muscle relaxant or narcotics. I would look, find an acupuncturist, go there, be evaluated by an acupuncturist. If they say, which it's part of the job, they say it's safe for them to needle, then I would proceed with acupuncture and take it from there. Uh, if after like four, five, six sessions, maybe I'm not getting the result or the issue is not resolving itself, then yes, I would seek uh, medical advice and maybe more interventions such as x-ray or medication. But again, uh, I'd rather have things more natural, give the body some time to heal itself, and using uh, modalities such as acupuncture as tools to help the body heal itself. That's very, very good advice. But I, I know that your work takes you around the world, and just in the remaining couple of minutes left, maybe you could just share with our listeners some of some of the trends you've shared that you know it's uh, part of the VA and that they use it in hospitals in in Europe I know in this country there are um, hospitals where there are pain management centers where acupuncture is being utilized are there any other exciting trends for the integration of uh, acupuncture and Chinese medicine into uh, pain management around the world 
Uh, yeah, yeah, that's really a lot going on now. Like uh, last year, I had a trip to Korea. I was invited by the uh, University of Traditional Korean Medicine to go visit uh, their program. Uh, one of the beauties that they have, uh, uh, they have this, um, they call it Korean traditional medicine, and they go to medical school, and they learn Western medicine and Korean traditional medicine at the same time. And when they graduate, they're recognized by the government and they work hand in hand with the Western doctors. So in each hospital that you go, you see these two specialties uh, right next to each other, the Western medicine and the Korean traditional medicine, which they do a lot of acupuncture, uh, from pain management to fertility to um, autoimmune diseases to cancer therapy, they all work together. So that was a fascinating experience for me to go close by and observe. (laughs) how they work together and um, how this whole traditional medicine acupuncture, actually specifically acupuncture, is meshed uh, and integrated into their uh, Western model. So that was a very unique experience for me. In countries like France, France, I mean, they have been doing it for 50 years, you know, right. auricular or ear acupuncture for pain management <laughs> and for detoxification has been an ongoing um, for many, many years in France, Germany. United Kingdom in Switzerland is included in their um, health system and government pays for it. So there are a lot of good models out there and hopefully um, someday in the United States we'll be having it as a covered um, service to our patients. That would be a dream for many people just to help them have access to it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you have to work towards it, yes. Yeah, always, right? So, Dr. Maj, how could people be in touch with you if they want to learn more about your practice or just... uh, reach out to you sure so they can email me directly and my email is drmajd drmaj as jack d as david at outlook.com and i'll be happy to answer questions uh, as much as i can well thank you so much today we've been speaking with dr iman maj medical doctor and licensed acupuncturist about the use of acupuncture in the frontline and integrative approach to the treatment of pain I'm Ellen Goldsmith, licensed acupuncturist, uh, your host, the second Monday of each month. You can listen to this episode and more episodes of HealthWatch online at kboo.fm slash HealthWatch. Dr. Maj, thank you so much for being with us today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Community Radio is a proud co-sponsor of the Enough National School Walkout on Wednesday, March 14th, 10 a.m. at Roseway Heights School in Portland. Enough is calling for students, teachers, school administrators, parents, and allies to take part in the National School Walkout for 17 minutes to protest Congress's inaction in response to gun violence. Again, that's Enough National School Walkout on Wednesday, March 14th, 10 a.m., at Roseway Heights School, 7334 Northeast Siskiyou Street in Portland. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events.
Yeah, hey.